You are listening to Super Yacht Radio. And welcome to Super Yacht Radio. And I am delighted to have one of our favorite guests of all time, as well as our correspondent from everything that's happening from south of the equator for us. We're going to call this segment <laughs> Update Down Under. <laughs> With the wonderful Jimmy Blee. Jimmy, lovely to have you back. Good morning, folks. It's great to sit here and see you. Um, Dave and Maeve, uh, I, I'm hoping that everything in Ireland is going well for you because Everything in Australia is uh, is up and running and uh, and and going gangbusters at this point in time. Well, I was going to say we we saw um, I think Super Yacht Australia released a couple of weeks ago about how the Australian super yacht industry is just booming at the moment, and you know financially is is having a good year. It is it is counterintuitive. To be honest, um, you know, being coming from Cairns, uh, you know, you stay a little bit insulated. But as you both know, in the last week, I've attended the ASMEX conference, with ASMEX being the Australian Marine Exporters uh, conglomerate. And then we're, I'm also uh, speaking to you from the Gold Coast, from the Sanctuary Cove Boat Show. And the ASMEC conference was was groundbreaking. I mean, it was it was very very exciting that uh, to see the amount of super yacht business being done, the the amount of, of of positive super yacht talk going through the industry. Uh, there was a wonderful talk by a Queensland bank economist. Who you know you would normally you would normally sit there and look at the program and go oh it's an economist gee this is going to be tough going <laughs> this guy was my entertaining and informed and you know his his message was basically that while interest rates are low the economy the Australian economy is going to be robust and even out with all of the extraneous noise of China making problems, COVID being there, you know, uh, all the litany of of things going on in the world. He seems to think that the next five years, the Australian economy is going to be robust. And part of that, a small part of that will influence into the super yacht industry, which, as I say, in southeast Queensland is going gangbusters. People are buying boats. People are repairing boats. There are boats being imported from uh, from the Europe. A lot of Australian owners are saying, okay, well, I can't use my boat in the Med. Let's put it on a ship and bring it back to Australia. Yeah. So, you know, the whole feeling from the conference was one of, of, of very, you know, uplifting and, and, and positivity. It was, it was, it was a, a great show. And the guys at Super Yacht Australia, David Good, and Maddie Spencer, who uh, who put the sh- who put the conference on, did just a, just an amazing amazing job. Um, and uh, you know, it was it was just it was just a good two days of, of networking and meeting people that that you, you haven't seen for a couple of years. It was really good. And are there people from all over the industry? Different? Is there a kind of focus point for it, 
or is it just sort of industry professionals from all sorts of different levels? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's quite a narrow window of people attending these things. There was, there was a very good contingent from the state government uh, that, that, that the Queensland state government does a, does a very good job of supporting the subiot industry. Uh, but, yes, it was, it was mainly key Australian exporters and through that thread comes, comes uh, the, Supiot, the Supiot contingency who, uh, who make up uh, a reasonable membership, a reasonably uh, important membership of that group, uh, all of the shipyards that are here, all of the service providers, and in particular, you know, a lot of the service providers that, 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 that uh, export Australian products overseas. We're seeing a, a similar thing happening all around the place where you know, th- there aren't enough boats. The amount of brokers we've spoken to have said, yeah, we're, we're so short of stock. Everything seems to be on, on the up here. It really it, it marries in with what The Economist is saying that you know the next five years are looking really, really positive, really strong for the super yacht industry and uh, for, for the economy in general. But Especially in our industry, it's 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 well, as you, was, call, as you say, gangbusters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now that was certainly the message that came to this conference, and you know, you know, and I mean, there's a caveat to that, and this is just sort of my personal bias, of course. What my my entry level of of the industry is both in Indonesia and in North Queensland. Obviously, while the services are going, the refits are going, the the upgrades are going, uh, all of the all of the you know cleaning tanks and da, 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 all of those, there's not a lot of cruising activity. I was going to ask why there what, isn't a what's lot of happening on the charters. Yeah, owners still can't fly into the country, so the charter market is still Australian domestic which in its own right is, again, robust. And, and mm-hmm. then the, the, the charters, the charter boats that are working are working well. But in terms of uh, super yacht migration and certainly super yacht cruising in the, in the traditional way that we knew, you know, Indonesia, in the, certainly in Indonesia, you know, we, we sold our whole business plan on showing the yachts and the owners the best possible cruising zones. Um, and wireless in, in, in both of those countries, owners can't freely fly in, then boats aren't transitioning very far. So they are focusing on services. They're focusing on replacing and upgrading gear. They're replacing, mm-hmm. they're doing all of their, all of their uh, survey requirements. So as I say, that, that caveat to where it's going gangbusters is purely in the services and the, and the uh, technical areas. Um, general cruising from transient super yachts, which you know I make my bread and butter from usually, mm-hmm. uh, is is at a, is at a, is at a low still. Although I mean, one of the things David Good was talking about was looking at the Australian market, um, you know, hoping, and this was last year in 2020, but hoping that the i can't remember the amount that australians spent on high-end cruises it was like six billion a year that that might kind of convert into at least a domestic um i think what he he was saying chartering look if if you go on one of these top-end cruises on a cruise boat 
you're spending 10, 20, 25,000 for a week's cruise on one of these boats. Why not get together with a couple of your friends and put that money to a charter of a super yacht so you have a a much more personalized uh, experience and you can choose what you want to do because it's it's your charter. And he put put together a pretty good argument. Well, and 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 oddly enough, oddly enough, but but dovetailing into that, our one of our newest members of the super yacht group Great Barrier Reef is a group called Yacht Space, and they actually charter super yachts and sell the cabins per cabin. So you know they'll they'll they'll, they'll put together a yacht and an in, and and a, and a yacht program. And then put it to market, selling the individual cabins. So it is effectively a super yacht cruise boat because you know, ostensibly, unless two people say, "Hey, well, let's take two cabins on this boat," you could, you would, you would, you ostensibly end up if it was a six cabin boat with six couples that that you know were, were from different parts of, parts of the country. But uh, I think that will, I think that will, uh, you know, as you've just said. Will 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 start to become an attractive an attractive thing because not not everyone wants to charter self charter a super yacht, but do people want to experience the super yacht the super yacht cruising style? Yes. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm pretty I'm you know they're, they're lovely people who uh, who have started this, and uh, yeah I, I I wish them well and I think I think they can do okay, but as as you were saying, May you know Australians are who were in the cruise boat thing are looking for alternatives and the alternatives are private charters on private boats. And that, yeah. that is that, that, that end of the market again is, uh, you know, is solid. It, it's, it's in good shape. Well, can I say the other thing that I um, noticed in their recent release as well was looking at, you know, they kind of listed through all the different, major big investments that are happening around Queensland, Gold Coast, the marinas. Um, there is millions being poured into the infrastructure for the superyacht industry there too, which, you know, kind of parallels what you're saying, that the money is coming in, but they're also building up the infrastructure that, you know, will be in place in five years time. But millions and millions i mean i, I can't list through all of them to, but to, to address that i mean the, the the investment in southeast queensland in the last two three years and ongoing from the major players in the super yacht industry the refit and services is is mind-boggling and it's already paying off all of the all of the guys that put the big money in and 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 you know, got the finance together and stuff. They're seeing a direct result of increased traffic and services to the into the expansion provisions that they've made. And oh, these goodness. guys are all these guys. All all of the guys here in southeast Queensland are members of the uh, the ASMEX. And uh, and they uh, they they you know, as I say, you know, it was it was it was wonderful to see sit in a room. Where there was just so much positivity, it was it was quite it was it was quite amazing. A lot of optimism around at the moment. Then, 
a lot of optimism in, in, in that. And that was, that was ASMAT, which again is, is the big players, is the big commercial players and the big refitters and stuff. So, and the, the that led on to the Sanctuary Cove Boat Show, which is, as I say, has been running for the last two days and will go over the weekend. It's back last year, obviously, you know, it was, it was, you, you could put, you could put the number of exhibitors on a postage stamp on the, on the, on the sidewalk. Um, from today, you know, the, the today the, the the show is bigger and better than than it's ever been, and uh, as I say, the uh, Subiot Group Great Barrier Reef uh, had a have have a stand right on the jetty, which is right next to the the Subiot charter boats that are, that are that are moored alongside, right next to all of the big uh, boat builders, and um, the traffic. I've been on the for the last two days. The traffic past it is is insane for weekdays. I can only imagine that uh, I can. What what kind of boat show is it? I mean, is it in in for like listeners? It's a recreation. It's a recreation recreation and leisure show. Um, The Australian the Australian ethos is marine recreation and leisure. But for instance, if you ordered a boat today from Riviera, who build boats on the Gold Coast, you wouldn't get your boat for another three years. Their, their backlog, their backlog of orders, and that seems to be a pervading thing to all of the to all of the uh, to all of the the boat builders that, that are down here. This, well, um, it's the same in Europe. We were sitting, I was sitting on the America. stand yesterday. Yeah, um, and we're it's actually. I was sitting on the stand yesterday, and this guy walked past, and he's saying, "Look, I'm looking for um, I forget the name of the, the name of the brand, and they're, they're going to hate me for that. But uh, I forget the name of the brand. But he, he said to me, he said, "Have you seen such and such a brand? They're, they're, they're around here somewhere." I said, "Oh yeah, I think they're down there." He said, "Yeah, I, I was looking at their 51 foot boat, and I looked at their 52 foot boat, and I couldn't decide which one I wanted, so I bought both of them." And you know, you know, it's uh, just insane. But but that that seems to be something just that, that just go with the larger one. Who's got the cash? Who's well, got the cash? Are uh, uh, wanting to spend the cash? We you know it's it, um, certainly mirroring what we've heard from. Uh, we had a chat with the lovely Bob Dennison a, a month or so ago, and he was sort of saying similar that his biggest regret of 2020 was actually just not having enough stock. Mm-hmm. They just did not see how huge an increase. And and it was the same. Frasers came out. We talked with Rafael Solo at the end of last year. If it, was, it floats, people are buying it. Yeah, basically one of their best years ever. So it wasn't really, I think, what we were yeah. expecting yeah. at the end of the year that was in it. But for our industry and for I, everyone I, I working in it, Good news. Yeah, no, no, this is, uh, you know, and, and that's why I guess the, the, these conferences and these boat shows are good is to sort of get you out of your own little thought bubble and see what's happening in the broader sense. I mean, these two events are, are really going to be the only showcase events for the year. There's going to be other boat shows. There's going to be the Sydney Boat Show and the Perth Boat Show and stuff like that. But this one with com- combined with the super yachts and the uh, and and the, the recreation and leisure boat show was kind of a, a nice yeah you know, nice fit for us to for us to be down here and uh, and seeing what the what the what the the bigger picture is outside of our bubble in Cairns and uh, it's it's been it's been fabulous. On top of the fact that in some ways Australia is doing so well, 
So all of the caution that we're feeling at the moment as we're talking about boat shows here, but, you know, depending where you are in Europe or the States, um, we've still got a ways to go. Where in Australia, you're doing fantastically well on on being able to plan these events safely and well, not have what's, the... What's the COVID policy at, at the show? Was it a... You know, prove you've you've had a vaccine. Was it do a PCR test? Was it temperature? No, no, it hasn't got to that stage yet. Um, the 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 key the key um, policy is you identify yourself. Is 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 everyone? No matter where you go in Queensland, and I'm pretty sure it's in the rest of Australia, you've got it. There's a QR code on everywhere you go. So if you go to a restaurant, you flash your phone QR code. I'm here. Bang. You turn around, you go to the restaurant down the road, QR code, I'm here. So for the boat show, you walk in, get the QR code. Inside, everywhere, there is hand sanitizer stations. There is social distancing guidelines, which sometimes people don't, don't, <laughs> uh, don't always follow. Um, you know, but, you know, there's an awareness that, you know that it's 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 that everyone just has to has to just be aware of what's going on and where. But but by and large, you wouldn't call it stringent, or you wouldn't call it you know hard line, uh, hard line uh, policies. Other than that, as I say, that that and and the 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 QR code thing is really just for contact tracing after the after the event. So if 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 for some reason somebody did get sick. Then, 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 then that's where Australia's kind of been able to win with it. Is that their 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 immediate contact trace for any outbreak has been, you know, control capture and control, mm. and uh, you know the at the conference they only had they had to keep they they take the capacity of the room and divide it by the uh, uh, arbitrary square meterage that one person should be maintaining. So, you know, if, if the room would normally have, have housed 200 delegates, yeah, it was down to 120, you know, just to, just, just, just yeah. keeping, keeping an open space policy. Uh, but, but, you know, you know, just for, for whatever reason, hand sanitization, the, and just the, the understanding of social distancing, the understanding of, of you know that everything every year we've got to keep things clean and we've got to keep things you know you know in, in, in some sort of semblance of of distance is is the is the only thing that that you really notice about a COVID policy, so to speak. Yeah, I think we're we're very lax on uh, contact tracing here. Uh, I don't think we do any of that. Well, we do, but it's a little bit it's a bit lax, and we definitely don't have QR. Um, no. codes. I mean, there is an app which some people will, you know, put in, I'm fine today, I'm fine today. Um, but there's no general policy, which might mean why we still don't have our pubs open here in Ireland. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, that's, that's uh, again, you know, I don't, I don't want to beat the drum, but, but we are just so blessed here in Australia. You know, mm. they really, you know, they seem to it is it is an understanding that the the, better, the the needs of the group is far more than the needs of the individual. 
and uh, and you know, it's 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 from the early times of lockdown right through to now, you know, everyone kind of gets it. I mean, it's still vaccine. The vaccine, the vaccine rollout is slow. It's it's not it's not where they wanted to be target wise at all. Um, one of the reasons I got mine down here today was uh, was that the uh, in Cairns they still hadn't uh, got through the emergency medical staff yet, right? So so you know it's probably the same in your in your in your city. Is that is that is that emergency medical staff and old people, and then you know people in our age group and etc. 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 So uh, so the rollout for the backs is, is is a little slow. So you got it again. You got it under. You got it under emergency uh, medical staff. Did you? <laughs> a young man like you, surely. I know. I got it. With, they're, at, they're no, no. They're, they they've they've done in Brisbane. They and Brisbane and the Gold Coast. They've done all the emergency medical. They're up to now. They're doing 50, 50 year old, fifty to seventy year olds, which are the, which I do call it. Just barely. Just barely. Just well, exactly. Exactly. I'm, go- I'm going for my second shot today. Okay. Okay. Are you um, on on first one? Did you did you get much of a kickback? Shit. Did yeah. you get much of a much of a bite from it? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I couldn't move my arm for like two days. It was very sore. Oh, really? Um, really, really sore. And-, and I did. I, I, as I explained to my my daughter. Um, I suffered from narcolepsy for a couple of days, and her her face kind of okay. cringed. Her face cringed because uh, she looked at me and she went, "Dad, that's dead bodies." I was like, "No, honey, not necrophilia. Narcolepsy, where you fall asleep." And she's obviously was out that day in school when they explained the difference. <laughs> I don't think they explained it, was, it in school. You got me too. <laughs> You got me too, because I was, I was, I'm trying to, trying to sit there thinking, the dead bodies out of there. What's going on here? What, what, what have you got? Yeah. Of course, what she, have you got in your closet? She had to text a few friends and go, no, 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 I was wrong. It's not dead bodies. But yeah, for <laughs> for a couple of days, uh, I found it difficult to stay awake. Uh, a couple, you know, nodding off, and um, so on. But after that, fine. Yeah, on the positive side, yeah. well, um, from the friends I've had who have had it, I have noticed that um, younger people are actually struggling more post-vaccine than older people. The the friends I have in their 40s and 50s and 60s and my parents have had the vaccine had a day or two of feeling a bit, you know, tired and sore and then been fine. Um, you know, a bunch of younger teachers who got it had very strong reaction to it for a couple of days. So uh, on this one, age is not necessarily um, a detriment. It actually, for most of the older people I know, it's like your immune system goes, all oh, right, okay, another vaccine. I've done this before. I'm not going to react too much. Yeah, my contemporaries, my contemporaries who've got, who've got, who've got it of late, they about in about twenty four hours they they get they get the symptoms and they get colds and sweaty and, and things like that and it passes passes within about four or five hours so I'm kind of just battening down for that. I, strangely enough, I was that everybody was saying, "Oh, you're going to be okay for the interview tonight. You could be crook. You could be crook." I said, "Oh, I'll, I won't be crook for this interview." <laughs> 
What 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 flavor did you get? AstraZeneca. I got the Pfizer one. It's the uh, it's the one it's the one. Yeah, we'll see. They 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 didn't. Australia didn't get a great buy buy buying stock of uh, of Pfizer. They, the 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 uh, they they got a good deal. They got they got a bargain basement deal on AstraZeneca, and that's what us poor plebs are getting. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's you know I was at a uh, I was at a marine transport meeting on Wednesday, which is a uh, a wonderful meeting I go to when I'm down in the Gold Coast of old crusty seamen <laughs> who uh, who sit around and every Wednesday and just sort of have a chat. And the guest speaker was a doctor, and he you know and because they're all cynic, cynic, so they got the doctor in, and the doctor just said, "Look, look, everybody, I can make this as simple as you as you can. Get used to it. Everybody's got to get it, and you either get it now or you get it later. But everybody's got to get it." So, you know, if you're trying to find excuses not to get it, don't worry about it because at some point in time you're going to get it. And, uh, yeah, it's the only way that, that, that the world is going to get out of this thing. It's, it's like polio. It's like the measles. It's like everything. You know, it's just got to, you know. And it, but he also had a very good analogy of these new variants and everything. What he was saying was with the new variants is the viruses, as we know, they want to live. They keep trying to seek ways to live. So killing the hosts isn't a good thing for them. It's not a good thing for the viruses. So the new variants, while as we're seeing in India, are far more spreadable. They're far less likely to kill us because the virus wants to survive. And that's why the vaccine has to happen Mm. because the virus has to come against a brick wall. Every time it hits a human, not being able to live or not being able to propagate. So, you know, it's just the numbers game. And, you know, for, you know, for me, I, after that talk, I adjusted my potential business recovery another year and a half out because at the end of the day, this isn't going until we've got 70% of populations in each country mm. vaccinated mm. and, you know, Protocols being being adverse. it's it's just going to be an endless cycle of of the virus growing, the virus spreading, moving to moving to new hosts, and, and that's that, that's where it's going to start to finish. As you know, also from you know Indonesia, we have what I would call a great privilege in the West, in the States, in Australia, that the rollout of vaccines is so much more accelerated where we are. You know, it, it's going to take a lot longer to yeah. spread that to countries organized. in yeah. India and Africa and Southeast Asia. Yeah. I mean, that is going to take a lot longer to roll about. So, you know, I, I can now I'm going over to see my parents tomorrow because they both had both shots. And, you know, after nine months of hardly getting to see them, I think, well, thank goodness, because now I can go and see them. I haven't. I'm too young yet to get into the the shot. It's Ooh, coming up was, soon. That was a jab. Wasn't yeah, it? Did gotta, you get that? gotta get it somewhere. That was a bit of a, a, a little, little bit of a. a that was a, a jab. 
That was a southpaw. That came from nowhere. <laughs> but you know, it is. It it means that <laughs> now we can we can plan to you know go and see people and hug people and plan to travel and and all of that comes into it when we have a population who is not a hundred percent protected, but considerably more. And statistics, if you look at Israel, which on this side has had, I mean, I think they're almost 90% vaccinated. The graph, you know, of vaccinations goes up, the graph of COVID shoots right down. It It's very simple statistics. Oh, no, it's, a, yeah. it's, just, it's just a game of mathematics. It's just, it's, yeah. just, it's more people vaccinated, the, the quicker it's going to be. It's just that, that simple. Well, while we're talking about public health, Totally unrelated to yachts here, but maybe, maybe not. Uh, but I do have to throw this out to you. We're, we've been getting in in the media up here. Uh, we've been getting lots of reports of an epidemic of mice in Australia. And we're seeing like horrific, this morning I was looking at CNN, horrific videos of literally you could not see the ground for just this, 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 I, I don't. I don't know what the Pied word. Piper of Hamlin. It, it was just this. Everything it was just mice. It was just oh, a look, moving. Australia, Australia never ceases to amaze me that it, it never seems to get out of some level of. It's always trouble. something. Yeah. <laughs> whether it's bushfires, whether it's floods. Whether it's COVID, whether there's always, I mean, and then without without peeing in my own pocket, you know, that's why Australians are quite resilient and that's why we also, you know, have a, have a pretty wonderful outlook on life is that you just don't know where the next hit's going to come. But, no, that I, I see the same footage as you see. I, I don't know why or how or, or why these things, these things are happening. Um, but you, you also may have seen. Did you see that somebody from? Uh, and I won't, I won't, I won't say the uh, the name of the the uh, organisation. But someone from a well-known animal rights group were complaining about the method that they were using to kill the mice, and that it was it was you know, inhumane in India. It was you know at the end of the day. You know, you saw the footage that we've got to, it, it, we've got to kill the mice. You know, it, you need it, a steamroller. With a, with eradication methods that just that just do the job. But um, it, no, that's that's just another example, mate, of of, of how Australia is is such a such a strange country. What, what happened? I mean, it's, it's, I, was it the Aborigine people or the early settlers that that really pissed off God? Because it's just from one. <laughs> Biblical event to another, if it's not the plague of mice or burning or storms or floods, or it's it's it's, it's incredible, isn't it? It's incredible. And as I say, strangely enough, I'm I'm that ambivalent to that particular thing because it doesn't affect me. You know, sadly, that's a country Australian phenomena hmm. um, that you know, uh, you know that I, I haven't even you know. With the rest, you know, I've, 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 I've actually had a ban on news lately. I, I, the, the, there's just too, the, there's too much going on. We're, we're under threat from China. They're gonna, they're gonna, you know, they're, 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 they're putting military, they're putting military boats in the in the China, South China Sea like there's no tomorrow. 
the Israeli Middle East conflict, yeah, the COVID. I've tried to I've tried to have a steady dose of, of no news. Um, but, and I haven't looked into why that mice mice problem is happening, but I I see the same footage as you and just scratch my head. Apparently it, it, it stems from your other biblical event, which is a drought. So they seem to be... Right, right. Quite... And then, then all, they, all they're doing is just trying to stockpile it. Actually, was it yeah, difficult? No, pretty, pretty wild. Was it difficult for you? Because um, just to those listeners who may not be aware, when COVID struck, uh, you literally on the last minute, the, the 11th hour, secured Buccaneer, got the family, got the dog, got on Buccaneer and got out of out of dodge as it were um and you were wonderfully isolated up in the, the kind of northeast of queensland and the national park and great adventures great pictures we were getting from you but while you were there you were probably away from the the news cycle and that kind of stuff i i imagine did you find it difficult coming back and then suddenly you turn on the tv and there's all this just yeah going on just doom and gloom. No, I, I find it difficult. You know, the, the one thing that I think saved both of us is Biden getting in in America. That's taken, you know, I, instead of having to wake up every day and, and look at the other guy and go, you know, what's he done today and sort of get addicted to that. I haven't looked at very much American politics since 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 That's the change boring. of the government, and I'm very happy. With that. Yeah, it's, it's sane. It's yeah. not boring. It's sane. Some sanity has prevailed. Um, um, but but again, yeah, I have to say that's that's the problem for me is is that news can be addictive. You know, you just you know that's why I, I really some you know sometimes I just have to say no, I'm not turning that on. I'm not watching that. I'm not looking that on the internet. You know, and just and again, that's kind of. Certainly, in this COVID time, and when business is at an all-time low, and we're struggling, uh, it, it allowed me to just find my own centre and to find my own my own peace uh, without all of that all of that. Ex- yeah, I think, I think the news the news is a little bit a little bit like that that pileup you see on the motorway, and you just can't. I mean, it's horrific. There's there's scrap metal everywhere. There's bodies. There's, and you can't help but drive by it and look. Yeah, there's something That's magnetic, um, and I think, especially with some characters in power, the the news cycle went into that kind of every day was a car crash. So uh, I know I yes. got addicted to American <laughs> media, and many people. I think you were um, far not far behind me. Yeah, no, no, it had me hook, line, and sink. I, you know, I was, I was, I was watching it at night and in mm. daytime, and just because, because that. That, I mean, that still that still hasn't played up for us yet, Dave, because there are people writing movies and movie scripts now that is going to mirror all we live through. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's going to that, – for the next decade, Netflix has got enough content from that era of yeah. insanity that, that few generations are going to look at it and they're going to think that it was fiction. Mm. And it's, I, uh, you know, it, it's... I was getting up. I mean, um, there were many nights I'd, I'd I'd wake up on the couch or something, and I'd stay up until three a.m. to watch like Rachel Maddow's show and and those things in in uh, yes, you know, the, 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 yes. Which, which is really bad. I, I... I, I got to a stage, Jimmy, when 
you know, I didn't want my wife and family thinking I was getting up watching the news at 3 a.m. I used to switch hurriedly over to porn. So at least oh. they think, oh, he's a normal guy. <laughs> you know, he's not some nerdy dweeb looking at news. He's checking out that. So, you know, I, I had a tab ready to no. go. <laughs> now, I had a steady diet of that too, you know, just every, every you know. But, you know, I, I'm not sure. I, we're going to digress. We've digressed from Sydney, but that doesn't matter. But I don't know. Do you watch Bill Maher? Uh, yeah, I used to like him. Don't that much yeah, anymore. I, I, I still have a steady, steady diet of him and John Oliver. John Oliver. But I've, I've been able to wean myself, you know, MS, MSCB and CNN. I don't watch mm. any of that anymore. But, uh, but yeah, no, I was the same. Just, you know, you, you know tell me, tell me. It was crazy, crazy, crazy. So moving back to... Away from American politics. <laughs> Let's put on the Bourne Channel. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> moving, you have been still, I, I mean, I love following you on LinkedIn, um, Jimmy, because sometimes there's just these beautiful images that pop up and uh, and it's just this little moment that you go, wow, look where Jimmy is. That's just beautiful. On top of having, you know, well, very talented yeah, family which also adds to some of your postings. So tell us more what you've been up because yeah, no, we haven't caught up with you since March. The, just before the Super Yacht Conference, uh, my rough head mate, Bill O and I, uh, we did 12 days. We were going to go from Cairns to Cooktown because I've got a guy in Cooktown that I'm trying to put together a Super Yacht program with in conjunction with revisiting cooked history of that area so we're in the best intentions we were going to go you know it was only 150 miles we do it in 12 days we'll see everything blah blah well we got about 45 miles up the coast and found this amazing reef barrier reef structures that were just out from port douglas we spent time there we were sitting there and he said look you know, the Daintree River is just there. Let's go up there. I thought, wow, yeah, the Daintree. Were you, you on know, the Buccaneer? You, you know the Daintree, right? Yeah, we're Buccaneer. You know, uh, you, you've heard about the Daintree, right? It's a UNESCO It's a UNESCO World Heritage Area. And so we've, you could only get in there on high tide. So we've, uh, we've gone in and stayed in the mouth of the Daintree for a, a couple of days. We got enough mud crabs to last us for a couple of days. We got enough fish to last us for a couple of days. And then we set sail up Daintree. And we went three days up that river. It was paradise. I mean, you go, you, you, once we got into the routine of it, you can only traverse on a rising tide, and you only had three-hour windows. So you would go up against the current, but on a rising tide, so it's kind of neutral. So you could get up from one big pool to another, and we went three days up the river. And, of course, by that stage, it's fresh water. And by that stage, you've seen crocodiles. You've got barramundi in the, in the, in the river. You've got this beautiful fresh water that you just go out and wash yourself off with. You know, 
because the boat was up there for three days, all the barnacles died because they were in fresh water. So, you know, we, we cleaned the hull of the, the boat. It, 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 but the bird life, the wildlife and the rainforest for that was mind-blowing. Absolutely mind blowing. What's a question for you? But that that sounds. I I was actually just wondering: Did you worry about getting back down again? No. I mean, no. Same. Just just the reverse. You just reverse the process. In actual. And 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 in actual fact, it's easier coming down because you're moving at double the speed. Okay. You're not going against the current, so Um, you're actually making double speed to get back down it was that was that was the easy part of, of the, but the size, next trip it, i was just going to ask of the size of this Sarah, river is it are you limited to how big a boat you could put go up on this or yeah. is it a big yes. river you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't do this in any in any bigger boat than buccaneer and with any different draft because buccaneer has got a full length keel Mm-hmm. The propeller and the rudder are protected. So even if you do hit the sand, you kind of just hit it and, 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 and roll through it. But, um, you know, once, once we, we sort of just did that as a, as a litmus test to see how far we could get and what was going on. And, you know, we went up past the main Daintree village and the people, the people in the village just just could, what are you guys doing up here? What do you guys do? Yeah, they, they've got their little punts. You know, they've got their little punts with their outboard and stuff like that. And there's, you know, there's crocodile viewing stations, and there's this and there's that and the other. So our next trip, our next trip is is going to we want to we want to sort of go double the distance. Now we now we feel confident because what we do is you just go off Google Earth. You just have Google Earth on the iPad, and it shows you where the sandbars are. And it shows you where things are. It's you know, it's, you couldn't, you wouldn't normally do this without technology like this unless you had the dinghy running up in the front. But that was truly, I mean, you know, I, I, I get, I get sick of telling people that you know these adventures that we do. I keep saying, well, that's the best trip we've ever done. <laughs> that was the best trip we've ever done. Yeah, it's the, it's like fishing life, with you, Jimmy. You wake up in the morning. It's like fishing with you. Every- What's that, mate? It's like fishing with you. Every fish was the biggest fish I ever caught. Oh, uh, yeah, that last one? No, exactly. exactly. Everywhere you go, it's like it, it exactly. was even more beautiful than the place I was in before. But I do have a question for you. Um, and this came up in a conversation we had with some guys from the Northwest Pacific uh, around Washington State, I think they were. And it had to do with, and they just dropped it in the conversation about boats going into fresh water. And of course, it it anti-fouled the boat because saltwater barnacles, etc., just fell off in the fresh and they came out. And you mentioned it there as well. Why do boats get taken out of the water to get debarnacled? Why not why don't boats just go into fresh water for a day or two and effectively Good question. So, I mean, good, 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 good. I mean, you get a Good question. I, mean, you know, uh, I guess. I guess. You know. Uh, you know. A lot of. A lot of boats. A lot of boats sort of don't have the opportunity to go up into rivers. Just or, I was going to say accessibility. You know, well, no, you just have a freshwater tank, and you rent it out to a boat. Come to our freshwater tank. You sail into it. It fills up with fresh water. You sit there for two or three days, then you sail back out again. You could have it in a marina. Yeah. Yeah. I. I. I you know. 
you could you you could actually you could actually just have it in a swimming pool where the boat you wouldn't even have to pull it out. It just goes into the swimming pool, seals it off, pumps the salt water out, fills it full of full of fresh. Okay, business gonna, is a business opportunity. Could be a business opportunity. We're going to edit that bit out, <laughs> and you and me are going to talk further. <laughs> Patent the idea before we broadcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I must admit, I've never, I've never thought of, I never thought about, never thought about that. But, uh, but yeah. So getting back to the story is that we did the Daintree. Then we went up, had a fantastic time. We came back. We then went back out to the reef and again found some new some new reef areas that that we just dove and snorkeled and and fished on and just mind blowing you know just uh you know the more i do it the more i just realize how little i knew and how little how, you know how how what what the the end game for all of this i'm doing is i'm designing five super yacht programs i've now identified five cruising zones in north queensland that I'm putting together 10-day and 15-day super yacht programs for owners with land activities, water activities, uh, you know, a whole presentation because North Queensland is exactly like Indonesia, is that we can only attract super yachts for the destination. We've got to be able to show owners and captains what is on offer here and how easily accessible it is. Because you know, the last thing captains want is to is to go, be going on deep adventure, and it's you know they're they're having to they're having to you know stress and discover things. So my my aim by the end of this year is to have a clear, mapped out set of programs that you know, will include you know discovering Cook history, uh, will include the Aboriginal the uh, Indigenous art. Up in up in the caves behind the Daintree, the going up the Blue Hill River, going up the Endeavour River, we've actually found the reef area where the Endeavour actually hit the hit the reef to uh, to things. So we're gonna we're gonna start to, as I say, you know, I've I've completely readjusted my business expectation and written off 2021 to be able to do mm. this style of thing. And we're just going to keep taking Buccaneer right up until we're in the Torres Strait, and 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 virtually, you know, pull to pieces in fine detail all of these areas, so that you know I can say to a superior owner, if you want serious adventure, this is the place to do it, and you know, couple that with all of the excellent uh, support services that are available now in Queensland, you know, it, it, it was, I would think once post-COVID really does start to kick in, I, I'm pretty sure that we're going to see some adventure, some adventure traffic through that, uh, you know, that, that, that will be a very exciting times for everyone. Yeah. And I, I think it also appeals more and more to what we're hearing, which is, you know, there's there's a whole new branch of owners who want the experience. They want to experience something unique or different. And younger owners as well. Younger owners as well. But I think that the uniqueness thing is also part of it. I mean, as we know, the Great Barrier Reef, you could spend weeks, if not months, in the Great Barrier Reef and, and 
you spend a lifetime there. You could probably, yeah, spend a lifetime. However, I, I think some of what it sounds very attractive is that this isn't something most people get to do. And these aren't places that most people get to explore. And I think that's part of it, a little exactly. bit like, you know, the Arctic or the Antarctic. The attraction is also because it's a rare opportunity to go and see something different and experience something different. And I tell you, Maven, I know, I know you don't want to hear this, but I've got to get your husband down to, to one of my adventures because uh, he, he, as soon as all of this is over, you might see him for a month or two. <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to... I, I'm just like, what, what about my ticket? Skip him. Uh, because <laughs> different. This is male bonding. This is a different thing. And, and I'm willing to take one for the team, Jimmy. I'm willing to... I am willing to do that with recorder in hand <clears throat> and a bottle of tequila in the other. <laughs> but I might need somebody to carry my bags. Anyway. Yeah, no, well, look, Dave, you're more than welcome if you want to leave the kids by themselves. But, you know, the, the, it's, uh, it's a long way. It's a long way for, uh, for you to be away, for you well, both to be away from uh, home. Uh, we have a system here in Ireland, Jimmy, that if the police find kids abandoned in a bush shelter or a train, a train station, they take those kids and they give them protective services while they're looking for the parents. So if we time it right, we could just tell the kids to wait there for a moment. <laughs> We head to Australia, and then they're taken care of by the state. We come back, and we go, oh, we went to get an ice cream. Where did they go? God. No, I sleepwalking. We have that covered, Jimmy. We have that covered. We are, unfortunately, coming to the top of our hour with, uh, with you, Jimmy. I'm glad to see we're going to make this a regular monthly thing, get a catch-up what's going on down there at the... The Adventures of the Wonderful Buccaneer, and uh, and of course I yes yeah I will look um, you know and uh, look it's so great for the service the service that you guys are doing um, you know it's it's the subiot industry needs communication it needs the uh, the sharing of ideas the sharing of uh, of you know news you guys do a great job and I'm very very happy to participate in the uh, in the uh, in the whole program. Well, that's high praise from a, a man called Jimmy Blee, who is, how would you describe him? Enigmatic. Enigmatic. We're going to go with enigmatic. Uh, Jimmy, thank you very much indeed. And uh, do take care of yourself. And uh, we will uh, we'll catch up with you hopefully around this time next month. Or in between. If no problems at if all. Some, if something no, amazing no happens. If something happens in between, you just... <laughs> Signing off from the Gold Coast, guys. Signing off from the Gold Coast. Um, take care. Wonderful. You too. Thank you, Jimmy. And uh, thank you for tuning in while we're caught up with Captain Jimmy Blee, who is at the moment on the Gold Coast, but uh, is our wonderful correspondent from everything going on down under. Stay well, stay safe wherever you are. You're listening to Super Yacht Radio. Radio.